with you today. We are here to see you for who you are and to respond appropriately with songs of praise from our lips, with surrender and obedience from our lives. And we don't want to miss what you have for us today. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for calling us to yourself and giving us your word that we might know you and know what you want of us and know what you're calling us to. We pray for Pastor Andy and the team who are downstairs working with our children right now. We ask that you would feed into their hearts, into their lives. Lift their young hearts to you. Help them to see and embrace the truth of the gospel. We ask that you would help us to be focused here and now on what you are doing, even in this time around your word here together. We've seen your hand at work in our circumstances this past week. We thank you for bringing Mary Lee Master through her transplant and through another week of recovery. We pray for, for Mary and for Jean today. Would you continue to make your presence known there? Would you continue to provide for her and protect her? Bring healing and recovery. We've seen your hand at work. We've been praying for the rains to stop, that fields might dry. And we thank you. We thank you for providing the, the sun and the dry days. And we ask that that would continue, that the crops might grow. And Father, we, we recognize again, even in this, that we are humbled before you and we are dependent upon you for all things. And again, as we gather in your name here, we ask that you would open our hearts and our eyes to what you have for us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a popular, often used word out there today. And that word is random. How many people have used that already today? I've heard some of you. It's like it's out there all the time. People talk about, well, that some random guy. I ran into some random guy this week. Um, or people will say, well, that was so random in the middle of a conversation. And what they're mean and what they're talking about are these unconnected things that seem out of place, out of context. They're irrelevant to what's going on. They really are unexpected and don't make much sense where we've placed them. But here they are. They showed up. And what do we do with this? Wow, is that ever random? We, we look at our world that way sometimes and we think there's a lot of things going on that are random. And maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. In fact, we treat the Gospels that way sometimes. We treat the Gospels as though what the disciples decided to do was to record and write down just a series of random, unconnected events and show us these things that happened in Jesus' life, the things he taught, some of the things he did. Just put them together in a list and record them for us and we'll take them a chunk at a time. And so we'll teach our children about the feeding of, of the 5,000 and we'll just take that out of where it is in Scripture. And we'll teach them about the feeding of the 5,000. And we'll say, isn't that cute? That kid brought his lunch to Jesus. And no matter how little you have, you know, isn't that great? Jesus can use it. And, you know, we send them off to school on Monday and say, you know, make sure that you take your lunch and whatever else you're taking with you. And make sure that it's open to what God has to use. Well, there's, there's some principles we can take from that. But not really the point. Jesus walking on the water. And, and Peter walking out to him. And we say, oh, 
Peter, what a great man of faith. But unfortunately, he blew it. And don't you get that far and then blow it. You know, keep your eyes on Jesus no matter what's going on. And there are some nice principles we can learn from that. And they are true. And we need to understand some of these things. However, they're not random, unconnected events. They are tied together. They're tied together. Mark chapter 6 tells us this. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. We're going to find as we come to Matthew 14 this morning, as we continue through the gospel of Matthew... That the disciples have now returned. Remember Jesus sent them out two by two to all these towns and villages to preach, to heal, to free people from the demonic possession. And he'd sent them out two by two. They have now returned to Jesus. They're excited. They have stories to tell. They have questions to ask, I'm sure. And they are tired and worn out and they're ready for a break. And Jesus looks at his tired 12 men as they come back and he says, guys, look at this crowd. We can't even have a a, a break. We don't even have time for lunch. There's so many people. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet, desolate, isolated place. Let's just get out of here. And let's just go away alone and get some rest. That's what you need. That's the state the disciples are in when we come to Matthew 14. They're tired, they're excited, but they're worn out. They need a break, they need a rest, they need some quiet time with Jesus. Matthew 14 tells us, the first part of the chapter, remember, Jesus talking about John as John was in prison knowing he was about to die and he sent his disciples, his followers with questions for Jesus. Remember, we talked about that and Jesus sent them back and said, John, I am the one. Remember, hang on. And he told everyone, John is the greatest prophet there ever was. John is the greatest in the kingdom. And he talked about John. He now gets the report that Herod has indeed beheaded John and John is dead. And Jesus responds this way in verse 12. And John's disciples came and took the body and buried it. And then they went and told Jesus. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. Why? The forerunner is now gone. John, his friend, the prophet who was to come ahead of him, has given his life. And serving the Lord and serving God and serving God's purposes. The next step is for Jesus to go to the cross. And Jesus is reflecting on John and what John went through and on the turmoil in John's heart. Even in prison, he's reflecting on all of this. And I need some quiet time alone with the Father. That's where Jesus is in Matthew 14. So the disciples are tired and and wound up and all kinds of things going on and they need some quiet, restful time with Jesus. Jesus is quiet and reflective and just wants some time alone with the Father. That's where they are. Those events are connected. And now we see that they continue to connect with the events unfolding in the rest of Matthew chapter 14. So come with me to Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. We'll pick up here this morning. And this is, this is where the big picnic happens, okay? Last week was just a, a hint, all right? This is, this is the real deal right here. 
Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day's now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and, and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men besides women and children. Familiar event, familiar story for most of us here. Don't tune out. This is not an isolated random event where we see Jesus doing a, a little show for people or just feeding some people isn't that cute what he did with this kid's lunch. Jesus is tired, he's reflective, he's quiet, he just wants time away with the Father. The disciples are, quiet, are, 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 are tired and worn out and frustrated, they just need time with Jesus. And they're looking at these crowds. They're going, give me a break. I thought we were going away somewhere on our own, Jesus. Why'd they show up? They're getting in the way. They're ruining everything. And so as I read this passage, I have to ask three questions. Number one, why did Jesus feed the 5,000? I think there's two reasons. I mean, the disciples seemed to come up with a pretty reasonable response, didn't they? We're tired. There's nothing around here. These people have taken our time up all day. Enough's enough. Send them away. They can go buy their own lunch. They can get dinner on the way home. Like, let's call it a day. And I'm sure if we were there, we would have found that to be a completely reasonable solution to the issue at hand. So why did Jesus go ahead and feed this crowd? The two reasons, I believe, are these. Number one is, he saw their need... And he simply had compassion on them. As they came to him, he saw their needs and he healed them. We saw that in verse 14. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. In Mark chapter 6, verse 34, we're told when he went ashore and saw a great crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Jesus saw the needs that the crowd had and he healed them. He saw the needs they had and he taught them. He saw the needs they had and he fed them. Simple as that. The compassion Jesus had for the people that were there, even though they were cutting in on his quiet time with the Father and with his disciples. They have a need, we're going to meet it. But I think there's a second reason and I think it's found in John chapter 6. And in John chapter 6, John's report of these events, we read this in verse 5. If I can find it here. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people can eat? 
He said this to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. See, John says Jesus started that conversation with Philip. Philip, look at all these hungry people. What are we going to do, Philip? How are we going to look after this? How are we going to feed them, Philip? Where's your heart in this, Philip? (laughs) Where's your faith in this? What are you expecting to happen here? Jesus already knew what he was going to do. And Jesus did it out of compassion for the, the people that were there with the need. But I believe he also did it to show his disciples one more time who he is. Who he is. So how did Jesus feed the 5,000? Well, he simply took this kid's lunch. He took these loaves and, and these fish. And he held them up and he blessed God for his provision. He thanked God for them. And then he gave them to his disciples and said, Okay, boys, start handing it out. Now, if you're one of the 12 standing there and you're, thank, you're listening to Jesus, thank God for his provision. You're going to go, this is kind of like nasty to do this in front of this hungry crowd, right? We're going to have lunch here in front of everybody? (laughs) We're having dinner and they're hungry? What's Jesus doing? And then he says, here, no, no, John, this isn't for you. This is for them. Go go pass that out. Philip, remember I asked you what we were going to do? Well, here's what we're going to do. Come on, take these loaves and off you go. Have the crowd sit down and just start handing this out. And the 12 are taking, and they take from this little basket... They take this little basket of food and they they reach into it and they go away and they come back and they take more and they, they go away and they come back and they take more and they go away and they keep coming back and they keep having more to go and pass around. And it just doesn't end. And Jesus provides all they need for 5,000 men plus the women and children with them. This huge crowd. He feeds them all with this little lunch. So here's the third question. Who was this for? I think it was for the 5,000, obviously. They were hungry. They needed food. They all ate and were satisfied. Verse 20 says, their need was met. It was for this hungry crowd. But not only were they hungry and needed food, they were lost and they needed Jesus. They needed to see not just a meal in front of them. They needed to understand who this is. And John, if you want to follow this through on your own this afternoon or this week, you read through John 6, it is right after this, the next day, that Jesus will start talking about himself as the bread of life. You came for bread yesterday. Today I'm going to give you the real thing. And as these people come, and the word starts to trickle back, they're telling us to sit down. Well, why? We were getting ready to leave. They said something about food. What? I don't see any truckload of food up there. What's going on? I don't know, but Jesus is praying. Shh. What's he doing? I don't know. He's got this little basket up there. Well, what are they? Was they going to eat in front of us? Well, I don't know. Just hang in there and watch what happens. And the people see what Jesus does. And read with me John chapter 6 verse 14 this morning. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, 
This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Whoa! Who is this? I've seen mom do a lot with leftovers. <laughs> I've never seen somebody take a kid's lunch and feed a crowd. And the people saw what Jesus did and they said, look at who this must be. Look at who he is. Jesus fed the 5,000 and that was for the crowd. But I believe it was also for the disciples. See, the disciples had front row seats. They were there with Jesus when he started asking the question. In front of the crowd, he started asking the question, Guys, look around. Hear all those stomachs rumbling? <laughs> what are we going to do? We could send them off to the towns and villages, but we're a far, a far walk from any of those places. We're out in this desolated, isolated place. What are you going to do? They were right there, and they heard that conversation. They were right there when they said, well, Jesus, we got this. But, like, whatever, that's enough for you. They were right there when they heard Jesus pray, blessed are you, Lord of the universe, who brings forth bread from the ground. And we thank you for your great provision here for us today. What? They heard that. They were right there as Jesus said, come on, reach in and pass it out. And as they were passing it out, and they're walking around and they're passing it out, and they're seeing it go, they're not tuned into what's happening. They're not going, look at this, this is amazing. Look how much food is coming out of this basket. Instead, they're going, I can't believe it. Look, at, we're only this far and there's still so many more to feed. Hurry up, buddy, come on. You know, just, there's more people to eat. Just take a little norm. And they're passing it around. And they're going, I can't believe these people. Look, at, you know how long it's going to take to feed this crowd? This is ridiculous. And some of these slobs are dropping like chunks on the ground. Who's going to clean that mess up? Well, <laughs> Jesus says, you're here. You clean it up. And off they go with their baskets, probably bigger than these. And everyone's full and everyone's had enough and they're cleaning it up and they're picking up the leftovers and they're picking up the leftovers and instead of going, I can't believe there's still some left, they're saying, hurry up, buddy, come on. Like I'm supposed to be on a retreat with Jesus here, right? Like you're taking up my day. Come on, lady, move. And they're bringing these baskets back. And they go, well, there you go. We're done. And it's like Jesus looks at these guys and says, really? We're done? Do you ever wonder why there were 12 baskets left over? It is not because Jesus miscalculated on how much food to provide or how hungry the people were. I am absolutely convinced that if there were only six disciples there at that event that day, there would have been six baskets left over. Each and every one of the twelve had their own basket to look at. Their own evidence in their hands of who he is. 
And instead of, well, I did my bit and I need my retreat, I need my quiet time, I need some rest, why doesn't anybody feed me lunch for a change? Do you know what I've been doing out there going without preaching for Jesus? Come on! Instead of thinking that way, it was right there in front of them. The evidence again of his compassion for people, but of who he is. And they missed it. They missed it. Jesus is saying, guys, look at who I am. And they're saying, yeah, but look at how tired we are. And this is what we need. Because the disciples missed what went on at the big picnic, they ended up on the lake in a big panic. In, an, in another event which is not random or unconnected, but is tied directly to the feeding of the 5,000. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Jesus fed the 5,000. He had the 12 clean up after them. And then he sent the 12 away on purpose, ahead of him, alone. Guys, just get in the boat and get out of here. I'll look after sending the crowd home. Like, stop the whining and just go. And so they go. And Jesus sends the crowd home and then finally... He has the quiet time with the Father he was after before all of this started. See how all of this connects? He's still thinking about John. He's still thinking about the cross. He's still processing everything. And he's saying, Lord, I just, Father, I just want some quiet time with you. I've met their needs, but now I need quiet time with you. And he goes up to the mountain. And did you hear that? When evening came, he was alone. And that's what he wanted. He sent the disciples ahead so that he could just spend time alone with the Father. He also spent the disciples ahead because they had totally missed the point and they were going to need another encounter. And guys, you failed the test, it's back to school. And off they went in the boat. So here's what happens next. But when the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them, and in the fourth watch of the night, this has taken forever to get across Galilee. It's not a tr tremendously powerful storm. It's just this constant wind in their face and the waves working against them and they're trying to row against this and they're getting nowhere. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. And they said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But he immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it's me, it's I, don't be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Okay, go for it, Peter, come on, come, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. 
And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Jesus sent the disciples away. He took his time alone with the Father. And then Jesus walked out there on the water. And the disciples were terrified when they saw him walking across the water through the night. Why? Because people don't walk on water. And people don't walk on water because people can't walk on water. And if people don't walk on water because people can't walk on water, and that thing's walking on the water, who is this? Gotta be a ghost. We're in trouble here. What is going Am I the only one seeing this? Right? One of those moments. And the guys are panicked. They're terrified. And Jesus says, guys, <laughs> people don't walk on water. But who am I again? Like, did you miss what just happened here at dinner time? Who am I? Who do you think it could possibly be out here? It's me. Relax. Don't be afraid. It's just me. And Peter says, if it's me, if it's you, you call me to come out there. And Jesus says, okay. So Peter climbs over and Peter starts walking out there. And the others must have thought, okay, this is where, we wondered when it would happen, but this is where we lose Peter. Right? And, and Peter's out there walking on the water. And at first he's got to be going, check this out. And he's walking and he's got his eyes on Jesus and he's walking and he's walking closer and closer and closer. And then these voices start to show up. You know, uh, Peter, you know, you've never done this before. You know why? Uh, you seriously don't think you can walk on the water, do you? People don't walk on the water, Peter. Peter, that's a strong breeze. You see those waves? I mean, they're up past your knees now. This is crazy. Glance back over your shoulder, Peter. <laughs> Look at how far back the boat is now. What are you doing out here? And as he starts to process that, he looks down, he looks around, and he doubts and says, oh, what have I done? And down he starts to go. And he starts to sink. And as he starts to sink... He calls out, Jesus, save me. And Jesus reaches down his hand and he grabs his hand. And can you picture that moment? Peter is up to what? Here in the water. And Jesus grabs him by the hand and he doesn't say, dummy, what did you do that for? He looks at him and he says, I, I think he just let him hang there for a minute and smiled. Peter, oh, little faith man. You almost did it. Why'd you doubt he pulls him up out of the water. Walk with me. We'll go get in the boat with the rest of them. I would, have, I would love to know what that conversation was like. Between Jesus and Peter. We know what it was like on the beach later. That's another conversation I'd like to know what it was like. Jesus and Peter. From the time Jesus pulls them out of the water till they walk back to the boat. Wow. They walk back. They climb into the boat. The wind stops. Things are calm. What do the disciples say? What do the disciples say? They worshipped him and said, Truly you are the Son of God. Truly you are the Son of God. 
that Jesus sent the disciples away. He needed time with the Father and they needed a new encounter. Jesus walked on the water. And in doing so, he revealed himself to his disciples. Twice. Once in word by saying, hey guys, relax, it's me. Don't be afraid. And secondly, he revealed himself to his disciples simply just by walking on the water. And empowering Peter to do the same and walking back and calming the waves. And as he gets back into the boat, they worship him. Now, now they get it. What they should have picked up by passing out this lunch, what should have dawned on them as they collected the leftovers, now, now they get it. Who is this? You really are the Son of God. You really are. We will soon get to the point in Jesus' ministry with his disciples when they really finally grasp that. But this is again another peeling of the curtains away as they continue to understand and wrap their hearts and their minds around who Jesus is. And now they get it. So why had they missed it before and why did it take the encounter on the water? Let's read Mark chapter 6 verses 51 and 52 together this morning. And he got into the boat with them. And the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Whoa, 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 slow that down again. Verse 52, one more time. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Why do I think they had such an attitude feeding these people? And collecting that food after? Because Mark tells us they had hard hearts and they missed the point of the whole thing. And that's why, that's why Jesus sent them off on their own. That's why he walked out on the water to meet them. Guys, you just don't get this. It isn't about you. It's about me. Look at who I am. Look at who I am. Do you see the connection of these events? Jesus' need for quiet time with the Father. The disciples are worn out and we can be hard on them all we want. But listen, anybody been there? You're tired and you're worn out and you've been, you've been working with people all day and you've been serving people all night and you just, you just want a few minutes? That's where the disciples were. And they fed the 5,000 and missed it. And so Jesus walks to them on the water and they get it. And they get it. Huge. Huge. By the way, when they reached the other side, they never did get their personal quiet retreat. When the people saw them get out of the boat and they recognized that it was Jesus, they ran to get all the sick people they could. And they came running. And we don't have time to get into this part of it today. But you know where they landed? Right back where Jesus had freed those demon-possessed men and sent the demons into the pigs and the people had chased him away saying, we want no part of this. Remember that man who said, Jesus, take me with you. I want to go with you. And Jesus says, no, you stay here and you go tell your family. You go tell everybody to listen what I've done for you. 
And now he's back. And they're hungry and ready and waiting. And the disciples have a bit of a different attitude now. And we're ready to go and carry on. The bottom line to Matthew 14, as I see it this morning, is this. It is possible to serve Jesus and afterwards or in the middle of it miss the point completely of who he is and what he's doing. It's possible. It's possible to succeed in serving Jesus. And afterwards, as we count the numbers, or in the middle of it, as we look at all the success and the smiles, to totally miss the point of who he is and what he's doing. See, the twelve returned. The twelve returned two by two after teaching the good news of the kingdom. Keep listening. Jesus is coming. And when he gets to your town, you're going to want to pay attention. Repent. Turn around. The kingdom's at hand. That's what Jesus is saying. Healing the sick. Freeing those possessed by demons. They returned from all of that. And they were tired and weary and discouraged. and Well, not necessarily discouraged, but maybe just confused. They're, they're, they're tired. They want to rest. Jesus says, you need a rest. Come with me. And they say, okay. And then when the crowd shows up, they say, they, you, you want me to feed them? They need a break? Where's my cat, Kit Kat? <laughs> right? I want to give myself a break. You promised me a retreat. Where's mine? At some point, can this please be about me? Can it please? Can it be about me? It's possible. It's possible to participate in an event like feeding 5,000 people from a little kid's lunch and miss the point. You and I need quiet time with the Lord. Yes, we do. And this summer... You may have been running hard, serving in ministry, and our ministries change a bit over the summer. That's a good thing. You've been working hard. You're going to get some time off this summer. Okay. You need it. Do not overload it. Make sure you're taking the quiet time with the Lord that you need for Him to refresh and renew you. Make sure. We need that. In 1 Kings 19, what about Elijah? After all he'd been through, what did he need? He wanted to hear from God, and God said, you're not ready for a still small voice yet. First thing you need to do is lay down and take a nap. And he slept. And then God wakes him up and feeds him. He said, the next thing you need to do is take another nap. And so he slept again, and God wakes him up and feeds him again. Okay, maybe now you're ready. (laughs) Now you're ready to hear what I've got to say to you. It's okay to need a break this summer. We get tired. But remember, whatever happens, keep your eyes, your ears, and your hearts open. Do not miss what God might be saying and doing and showing us about himself right here in the middle of it. So whether you're working at VBS this week, 
and it's hot and sticky and it feels like 33 degrees outside and it feels like 37 degrees inside and the kids are cranky today. Whether you're serving in VBS or whether you're serving in the bunkhouse, whether you're serving in Peru or the Dominican Republic, whether you're serving in Harrow or in Muskoka, whether you're resting on vacation or busy in ministry, Matthew 14 tells us that the feeding of the 5,000 was as much for and about the 12 disciples as it was for and about the 5,000 hungry people. Jesus sent the 5,000 home. The 12 he sent back to school. You ever wonder if there were 12 baskets of bread in the boat? I wonder if they had them with them. <laughs> oh, that's what that was about. Don't miss the fact that what God is doing through us, around us, and in front of us is directly tied to what God wants to do in us. It is directly tied. It is not random. It is connected. Don't miss the point of the picnic and end up in a panic on the lake this summer. Amen?